The Flourishing Workplace podcast is all about business and nonprofit leaders who are changing things. It's for the innovators, the risk takers, and the change agents who are going beyond business as usual, and they're creating the future. They are done with the status quo, and they are rising to a new opportunity. They think innovation, and they create it. Whether you're listening at work, at the gym, or on your commute, here you're going to find inspiration for your business or nonprofit to have impact and to create workplaces, people, and communities that flourish. Welcome, everyone, to our Flourishing Workplace podcast. My name is Connie Jacob, and I am excited that our special guest today just happens to be the CEO of Wellness Innovate, Abe Brown. Welcome, Abe. Hey, Connie. So great to be with you here today, and uh, welcome to uh, all the listeners. Welcome, and I'm grateful to be here. Well, what a treat it is to hear from the one who actually got this all in motion And this idea of flourishing is something that you've been studying. It's something that you came upon. I'm I'm really curious, how did you stumble upon the scientific concept of flourishing? Well, I mean, there's no doubt that it's been um, well-researched, I think, in in, um, probably, you know, psychological literature for the last 30, 40 years. There's a lot of actual scholars who have laid the groundwork. I think what is interesting or what we're looking at is, you know, the psychology or the science of flourishing through the lens of coaching. You know, most uh, coaching platforms and most coaching models are, they're fine, but they're really just some person's theory on how it is that we can execute change, which isn't necessarily in and of itself a bad thing, but they're not really what you would call evidence-based. And I know that because you know, in the last 15 years, I've literally trained and certified thousands of uh, life coaches and executive coaches. And so, you know, it's, it's not that that is a faulty model, but, you know, I've, I've been thinking a lot about how we could strengthen it, right? Because today, you know, we're in, a, in, a, in an era where people are really looking for something with substance and some evidence basis. And so that was a huge part of the, the journey. I think that's the <clears throat> kind of the professional side of it. On the personal side, you know, I, I, I like to say that, you know, I was, I was always in search of this concept of thriving and, and this concept of how we can live, you know, I guess you could say a fully abundant or flourishing life. And, you know, in, in spite of, you know, some of the adversity that you may have faced, in spite of some of the trauma or, you know, hardship or even abuse that you may have had to, to walk through, uh, is it possible to still, you know, be resilient and to flourish? And so I think that journey alone on a personal level was a big driver for me. Yeah. And I know, you know, you mentioned a word resilience. People know that word flourishing. I mean, we've heard it in passing. It's starting to get more well-known this concept of flourishing and languishing. i I'm wondering if you could tell our audience what the difference is between flourishing and resilience, if there is any at all. Yeah, it's such a great question because, you know, I was, I was like hardcore, I'm going to say into resilience for a long time. And I still am because we all need to be resilient, but you know, here's the question is what if you're resilient about the wrong things, <laughs> you know, like, so, you know, like you're, you're, you're like just stubborn, you know, like you're just hard headed, you're just difficult to deal with. And, you know, I mean, and then some people are resilient about 
awful things like like excluding others and bullying others and racism like they're resilient all right but they're they're doing all the wrong things with their resilience and so what flourishing does um, is is takes it beyond resilience one of the character traits of the flourishing is resilience but you can have resilience but not flourish uh, on the other hand you can not flourish without resilience if that makes sense because life is going to hit you hardship is going to come adversity is going to strike and this idea that somehow if we just work hard enough and burn enough systems down we can create this utopian ideal it just doesn't exist folks but what we can do is flourish in the midst of and part of that is this idea of being resilient when you get knocked down knowing how to bounce back up and and when you you know, feel like you've taken some hits, being able to, you know, continue with your vision and your dream and your goals and not lose sight of who and what you really are. So I think that's the way I would describe it. I know psychologists go a little bit more precise in their language, but oftentimes, you know, flourishing is, is, is an individual who's thriving. And so, of course, part of thriving is you're going to be resilient because you don't always get to control the weather. Uh, but what you can do is you can have some influence on your response. I love that differentiation there. And I think that flourishing is, is such a great way to take resilience to a deeper level. And I love what you said that you can be resilient about the wrong thing. So this allows us to get on the track that we all probably wanna be on, which is thriving and flourishing in a more positive way. I'm wondering why this is uh, so meaningful for you, Abe. The idea of flourishing. Well, I think it's because you know we're, we're um, you know I guess I was raised in an environment where you know thank God I had a a really uh, strong loving mom uh, in my life who who really sacrificed herself tremendously for my brother and I. Um, but but beyond that, really, had you looked on the surface, you know that we didn't really have much going for us and. You know, unfortunately, you know, my brother and I, we, we were raised in a, a pretty abusive environment in a lot of ways, um, you know, besides our mom, and we just didn't have a lot, you know, so at least by Canadian standards, we experienced what you would describe as, as, as poverty. And, you know, I, I began to notice as I kind of grew up and just became more self-aware that, um, you know, certain people in my family, in my friend circle, they were able to thrive and, and, and be, be flourishing in spite of, you know, having experienced even worse things that my brother and I had. And then I also noticed, and this was really strange to me, that people who were raised in like very obvious sort of, I don't know, abundance or almost opulence, you know, they, they had a lot of stuff and they had a lot of praise and, and both parents always came to the hockey game or the hockey practice. And like, they just, they just seem to be surrounded by everything that you could want. They, they weren't always the ones who were flourishing. I mean, surprisingly, sometimes they were the biggest whiners. They were the ones who held the largest pity parties. And, and, and so that got me thinking, like you could imagine just as a child. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately, as we grew up, my brother and I, we went on, on um, different, different pathways. And, uh, you know, I don't in any way blame him. I mean, geez, uh, <laughs> you know, that we all heard that saying, you know, I, I could have gone that path as well. And I, let me tell you, I was very close. It's, it's shocking that I didn't. Um, but, but there was, there was some of that 
path. And my brother has spent a lot of time in prison and a lot of time in and out of mental health hospitals. And, you know, there, there's some of that, that, that you have no control over, right? I mean, mental health is what, what it is. And, and sometimes the systems themselves are arrayed against us. And sometimes, you know, our own biology and our own genetic wiring and maybe even the trauma we've experienced is so profound that it can put us on a particular path. But, you know, in, in my view anyways, there's always some element where you have the power of, of choice and you have the power to find a meaning in your life. And, you know, I mean, you don't have to take my word for it. I mean, Viktor Frankl, the author of Man's Search for Meaning, he, he goes into this at length and, you know, having been the survivor of a Nazi death camp, right? It gives him a level of credibility in the conversation that is far greater than mine. And yet over and over again in, in that short book, he talks about the fact that, that what allowed people to continue to flourish, even in spite of the horrendous conditions of this Nazi death camp, camp was that sense of purpose and that sense of meaning and that sense that I need to live for something. And so, you know, I guess I've always been thinking about these things and, and I'm, I'm troubled because today in our society, you know, it, it becomes tough where folks will say, well, I can thrive and flourish if all of these things line up for me. And, you know, that is sometimes the case, but sometimes all those things do line up and you're still not thriving because I feel like it's a little bit more of an inside job than an outside job. And so that's, I guess, a big part of my interest. And, and so for Flourishing Workplace, you know, what you and I have been working on and so many in our community is this idea that if we spend, you know, what, 40, 50% of our waking hours on the job, well, that, that environment, that system can, can totally position us to flourish, right? You know, it, it can feed us, it can nurture us, it can support us, we can be believed in, we can be heard, we can be cared for. Um, but that workplace can also be, and tragically for so many, it is a place where, where there's toxicity and, and, and real toxic or poisonous levels of stress. And, and so how do we help leaders and executives shift so that they can create that sort of flourishing workplace. Because I don't know any employer, you know, um, who, who doesn't want that. But I think a lot of the time they, they just struggle with, you know, well, what are the tools that I need? Yes, yes. And I love how you mentioned that flourishing is an inside job and then flows to the outside. That's beautiful. And I think that's, that's, that's crucial. And I love the work that we do with workplaces because we do take a bit of an inward journey talking about values and, and being aligned with your own values and your work values. It's, it's quite an incredible process that you and Dr. Wayne Hammond set up and, and are bringing people through. It's, it's an amazing framework. I wonder if you could explain a little bit about that framework to the listeners. Now, it's such a great question. And you're a huge part of that too, Connie. And honestly, thank you for your many, many, many contributions to that. You know, I think that, you know, I came out of the environment, you know, of doing a lot of organizational consulting over the years, right? Where the focus is, okay, let's get a bunch of smart people in a room and let's figure out our strategy, right? So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get a strategy together and that strategy, we're going to take the mountain, you know, build a business, you know, create the, this amazing nonprofit because we've got a better strategy than everybody else. And then we're going to work on our execution. We're going to figure out how to get all the pieces moving in the, in the, in the, in the right direction. And all of that is good, but 
but if what you're missing is the most important thing, then it doesn't matter what you do, right? Like you could, again, you could have the most beautiful Tesla in the driveway, but if you don't have any charge in your vehicle, well, then you, you ain't going anywhere, no matter how beautiful the design of your vehicle is. And I think a lot of leaders have spent a lot of time designing this incredible vehicle, and they've wondered why it's not moving anywhere. And it's because the charge that gets your vehicle going is that culture. It's that, that almost missing element. And yes, everybody talks about culture today, but what they don't realize is that when you actually take out the word culture, what you want to replace it with, in my view anyways, is this word safety. How do we create a safe place for everybody? Because when, when you do, then it's not so much about my culture or yours, because our cultures can coexist because it's safe for everybody to allow their culture to come to the surface. And yet the workplace itself has a, uh, a sort of a, a synergistic culture that we're all building together. And so when we talk about culture, we're talking about creating a culture of belonging. We're talking about creating a culture where people are recognized for their contributions and where they're acknowledged. We're talking about a culture where people operate in, in gratitude, not only towards themselves, but to people around them, a culture where we believe the best about each other. And, you know, what all the research tells us, if you're, you know, the kind of person who likes, likes data, uh, is that when you have that sort of culture in place, well, now your strategy has some juice, right? But, you know, I, I just don't want to be that guy who's like, you know, building this perfect strategy. And then I try to flick the switch and we go nowhere because we haven't spent time charging our vehicle. Yeah. So I, I wonder for you at the end, you know, we've worked in workplaces, let's say 10 years from now, the framework has been out. People have been uh, accessing flourishing workplace. I mean, what is the dream that this all ends up looking like for people and workplaces in the end? Well, I mean, you know, I, I have a couple of answers for that. I mean, our, our big, uh, big picture slogan or vision is changing the world by changing the workplace. But, but imagine, could you imagine and I think you can imagine this, Connie, and I'm sure many of the listeners can. Can you imagine going to work to get your mental health boost, right? I mean, you know, could you imagine going to work and, and having that safe community around you that affirms you? So many people have to escape from work in order to get it. And, and hey, I'm, we still will need to escape from work, even if we have the most flourishing of workplaces, because we do need work-life balance. But you know, it shouldn't be that I get my mental health needs met over here in, in the corner somewhere. And then I come back on the job and I, I tough it out until I can go back to the corner and get replenished. Imagine a workplace where, where people were fueled, right? Where, where they, they had that sort of strength. Now, you know, again, if, if you like numbers, well, the research tells us that that kind of uh, workplace then means that people are fully engaged because they know that they're going to be replenished on the job, that they're going to be heard, they're going to be cared for. And that full engagement, of course, leads to higher profit, productivity, better performance, greater levels of retention. How can it not? And so, you know, you, you create that sort of culture and all of a sudden uh, the, 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 the real results of, of those business outcomes begin to flow. Mm. That really took me back. And I'm wondering if, if there was anyone listening in our audience that was taken back by this idea of workplace fueling our mental health. Imagine that. That's a powerful 
place to go to have as a, a set intention. And I do believe you. I believe that that is 100% possible. I mean, that's why we got into workplaces. We realized if we wanted to move the needle on mental health, it's actually at the workplace because the workplace holds culture. Workplaces hold society. It holds families, which means it holds communities. So I think that it's a powerful opportunity. And we want to encourage everyone listening, check out, check out what we're offering because, uh, you know, we, we created this with that intention in mind. And, and I really do believe that it is quite a unique answer. It's such a beautiful mix of evidence-based scientific uh, research, uh, as well as Abe with your MBA and business background, and yet still heart-centered. I think it's a beautiful mix of all three of those. So any, any closing remarks before we head off from this podcast today? Well, you know, uh, thanks for that, Connie. I mean, you know, sometimes uh, people can tune into a podcast like this and they're like, oh, that's great. Um, you know, send, send my, me some info so that I can uh, give it to my boss. And yep, absolutely. You know, you can go to flourishingworkplace.com and you can find uh, all the information there. But, you know, what's nice about our, our tribe, about this movement is we don't just talk about a flourishing workplace. We also talk about a flourishing life. And, you know, we actually want to hit it you and I, Connie, I know at both levels, yeah, the, the macro with the workplace and the big picture culture, but at the micro level, at the person level, you know, how do we help individuals to thrive? And so would really encourage you if, you, if you're interested in finding out a bit about that, to check out flourishinglifecoaching.com. That's flourishinglifecoaching.com. Because what we really big picture want to create is a world filled with people and organizations that are flourishing. And I think, you know, there's going to be in that kind of a world, a lot less walls, more bridges. It's going to be a lot less judgment, a lot more acceptance. It's going to be a lot less misunderstanding and much more empathy. And that's really, really what we're aiming to create. And so thanks for the opportunity today, Connie. Oh, it's been absolute pleasure, Abe. And again, please reach out to us uh, for any information. This is a new opportunity for everyone to, to consider. Do we want to flourish or do we want to languish? And I know that everyone listening wants to flourish. And so reach out to us, flourishingworkplace.com, flourishinglifecoaching.com. And until next time, everyone, be well. Take care.